Hello. Hey there. Welcome to episode 11. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about something that I feel like everyone has an opinion on um, as they're graduating from college or maybe taking internships and mm. you know seeking out what type of companies they're looking for. But we are going to be discussing startups versus established corporations. The pros and cons. Yeah. And why people are turning to either one of the two. into it off the bat we're going to start looking at the first article from medium.com um and basically they say that in a startup it's a lot harder to know what's coming your way um most startups statistically have about 80 employees or fewer um your responsibilities if you're if you have like a job at one of these startups they'll change more frequently than like a larger corporation just because you go where you're needed. Mm, yeah. Like you need to be like a um, like a telephone operator one day, or you know, like a code debugger the next. You just mm-hmm. go where the job takes you. Yeah. Um, work changes based on company challenges because these startup companies are always experimenting. And this article really highlighted the experimenting aspect um, because again, they're not on their feet yet. They're still discovering who they are as companies and what they want to be known for and. They're just trying to make a profit. Yeah. And thinking about like mentioning their work changes more frequently because as the company grows, Mm -hmm. there'll be more things that need to be done or they might be moved up quicker Yeah, because they've stuck with the startup since the beginning. Take on a new product line or Mm -hmm. get a promotion somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Additionally, in startups, you're solving a lot of problems on your own. Um, so you won't be managed very closely, which some people love. Absolutely. Yeah. They're just like a lone wolf doing their thing, maybe in the corner. (laughs) Um, and others don't necessarily love and that's totally okay. There's other options. Yeah. Some people like the like structured, this is what you do every day when you come to work. Like a routine. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, they say that at startups, you learn transferable skills that a company will teach you in their growth stage. So while the company's, again, getting their feet wet, trying to figure out what they want to do, um, you're going to be learning a lot of things that you can take to the next company that you work for and just help them transition as well. Mm. Um, so something that they really harped on, again, is that all startups have a core function. They're either building a product, so like a website, they teach you how to do it, et cetera, what have you, or they're selling a product. So this can be like, I don't know, Snapchat has ads, so they're, like, selling their ads, or Uber is, like, selling their rides. Mm. Okay, so something I definitely wanted to highlight in this article that I did not know previously, and the fact is that startups aren't necessarily what I think the everyday average human person believes them to be, Mm -hmm. just definitionally. So the way that they described it was using an example of Facebook, and they said that Facebook was a startup in the beginning years, 
but is no longer because it's too large and established. And the same thing goes for Instagram, Dropbox, Airbnb, Snapchat, and Uber. Definitionally, startups are known for their size, pace, and approach. So how many people are employed there, um, how quickly they do things, or how slow sometimes, um, and the approach, so how creative their thinking is, Mm -hmm. not the type of work that they do. And so a lot of people think that every single company in Silicon Valley is a startup um, just because that they're creative. They offer a lot of cool benefits. You know, they have like a slide inside their building. Yeah. But that's not the case whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, Google and Facebook and Instagram, even now, those are all well-established companies that have been around for a number of years. And mm-hmm. so they're technically not classified as startups. And so when people say, oh, I really crave that startup culture. You know, I want to go work for Google. I want to go work for like even Amazon or Facebook. Um, those definitionally don't count as startups. You're actually just craving the same creative thinking and mindset and, again, benefits. But if you do want to work in a startup, that's a much smaller um, and quicker and sometimes because there's few employees type of pace. Mm, Yeah. Yes. So moving on to the second article, it's from themuse.com. It basically, again, just listed the pros and cons and what you'll find between startups and large corporations. Um, And it really went on to say that the type of person that goes to one of the two, it really depends on their personality, their work style, and their needs. And I really liked how it said that neither a startup nor a large corporation or established corporation is better. Like there's not the best option that you have to choose. They're just different um, and they can suit who you are as a person respectively. Yeah. So startups, again, everyone knows they're usually more flexible. A lot of them have free food as like a little bonus. Um, And you have, as an employee, more authority and visibility into business decisions. So, you know, if you're working for a startup, you can sit in on those meetings with the CEO because, again, there's like fewer than 80 of you. But, you know, if you're working for Lockheed, I know I personally never met um, the CEO of Lockheed because there's like a hundred thousand of us. So that wasn't really the case. Um, and again, in large corporations, there's a little more rigidity. So there's set hours. It's usually nine to five benefits, um, that can come in like health insurance that some startups can't offer right off the bat. Um, you'll have a lot less influence again with like making larger decisions that usually go to like the vice presidents or the CEO. And something that was interesting was that there's a less straight route to get to your eventual goal if positions don't open up. So say you're working for like an established corporation and you really want to be like the vice president of XYZ. Well, if the current vice president of XYZ never retires, you're never going to become that. Mm -hmm. But if you're working for a startup, like bam, boom, they'll just make a new one. (laughs) It's a lot easier to not necessarily get promoted, but just like find a track that suits what you're looking for in the current moment. Yeah, and some corporations are better and worse at this than others. Mm -hmm. Like I've definitely heard stories about some people are like, well, this person has to literally drop dead so so I can get this position. And some that there's a little bit more flexibility, but... And taking the woman's approach there, it's also like oh, well, I don't want to have kids right now because if I go on maternity leave, then I'll never get this promotion. Mm, Totally. So I was definitely reading about that as well. 
that's something to bring up. Um, moving on again, a very interesting Forbes article about millennials starting their own business. Millennials, um, traditionally, they're blamed for being too entitled, too obsessed with social media, but they're also credited with positives, such as appreciating creativity and having higher moral values. Again, that follows the trend of millennials wanting more creative workspace environments instead of more rigidity, so they're following a more startup path. Mm-hmm. Having that work-life balance, I yes. think, too. Yes, that's extremely um, beneficial to them and something that's like high on their priority list. So this Forbes article stated that millennials are starting businesses at younger ages than their counterparts in previous generations. So they stated baby boomers started their first business around 35 years old, whereas millennials are starting theirs around 27, which I thought was really cool because I'm 22. In five years, I don't even... That's like really interesting that most people, or not even most people, but a lot of millennials have started their own businesses. Yeah, that surprises me a little bit because it takes a lot of confidence to start your own business. And I think millennials are oftentimes seen as being very like self-conscious. Yes, and like hand-holding. Yeah. Um, and even just with like social media promoting like you comparing yourself to others and not seeing yourself as like good as someone else. So it's interesting to see like, but we're still having the confidence to make our own path. Right. Which is cool. Forge our own way. Mm. This article also stated millennials value entrepreneurship and startups more than past generations, which I definitely see happening with the rise of, again, the giants, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, what have you. Cause I know, you know, when my dad was growing up, like he looked up to, you know, the NASA astronauts that like went to the moon. And as I'm growing up, who do I look up to? Like I look up to Bill Gates and like Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just because of the nature that I'm always been involved in and really passionate about technology. But I think there's definitely been a shift in role models as well towards like the more startup ideology. And even like celebrities, Mm -hmm. I feel like we focus, I I don't know, that's hard to say, but I feel like we, with social media, like, we focus a lot more on celebrities, and a lot of celebrities, like, start their own clothing line, or start their own business and stuff, and, like, YouTubers. Yeah. Influencers. mm, Yes. Yes. That's another podcast episode (laughs) entirely. Um, Yes. So, with that, they've stated that 62% of millennials have considered starting their own business, which is a lot. It's over half. Mm Mm-hmm. And 72% feel that startups and entrepreneurs are necessary economic forces for creating jobs and driving innovation. Definitely. Which was super, like, fulfilling for me to hear, having taken some entrepreneurship classes and, you know, loving this new wave of, like, innovation that's coming. Yeah. Um, in 2014... The Small Business Association, shout out to Small Business Saturday, um, (laughs) stated 2% of millennials were self-employed, 7.6% of Gen Xers were, and 8.3% of baby boomers were, which again was like almost five years ago. Um, But that statistic actually contradicts what I said in the beginning. Um, So Forbes really wanted to like clear the confusion so they've stated fewer millennials are starting more businesses. So less people are creating like more 
products and services and innovation. And serial entrepreneurs, so entrepreneurs that like have multiple businesses are artificially inflating the numbers of the generation mm-hmm. because it's so fast and easy to create and burn through a business. Because you see it all the time, and I just heard about it this morning, um, there's like a new coffee shop in town and it opened like a month ago and it already closed. Oh, wow. Yeah, because <laughs> like they just can't keep up, but that would have been counted as creating a new business. Mm. So millennials also recognize that economic conditions aren't favorable, so they're prohibited in that light from starting their own business because, again, that hesitancy of like, hey, 1929, there could be another recession. Yeah. (laughs) They're not wanting to take the deep dive. Yeah, and I think like, how old are millennials right now? I don't even know, because there's very contradicting opinions of what constitutes a millennial in terms of age. Right. So maybe, I feel like it's going to be less just because there's less of us. Like, right. Once we get more people going and doing. And does this, in, this is just people who have started their own business, not necessarily millennials that are joining startups, right? Correct. Okay. Cool. Yes. So lastly, in terms of these articles, there was another Forbes article that I really enjoyed their quotes. So I want to make sure that we read those out. So they said that um, fewer and fewer people want to climb the corporate ladder, aka become the CEO or president of a company, because the new goal is starting their own business. So this was a quote. It said, millennials see chaos, distrust of management, breaking of contracts, and bad news associated with business. They watch their relatives get fired and their peers sit in cubicles and they think there has to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And I see that so often with my friends now who are again graduating and looking for internships because they're saying, you know, I, my dream is to like own my own company. And when I graduate, I want to work for a startup. And I'm like, okay, but why? Like, why is that? And it's because of this reason right here where they've seen like, the people before them not have so much luck with established corporations and then they go and see Silicon Valley and like the new Silicon Valley's in Austin and Chicago and internationally and they think, okay, like it's possible to have that creativity elsewhere and not have to do this nine to five like mm-hmm. slave existence that their parents have had before them. Yeah. I mean, that's all like work-life balance, like yeah. Men and women need to push for that so then we can have lives outside of our work. I think it's so... Work-life balance is extremely talked about yeah. in terms of HR, but I think it's very rarely practiced. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then the last quote was, Millennials are realizing that starting a company, even if it crashes and burns, teaches them more in two years than sitting in a cubicle for 20 years. While they know their chances of creating another Facebook are low, they do think it's fairly easy to create a cool startup. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that two for 20 thing really got me. Two for 20. It's like the Chili's meal. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, again, that has to do with the transferable skills. Like you're going to learn so much in like 700 plus days than you will in just this corporation where you're like, sitting in a corner like doing like some menial task repeatedly on excel for like eight hours a day yeah i mean i definitely see like startups have to adapt to so much and like change their business plans right you know 
get their product out to the get market. Get their product out if whatever. they're with it from the beginning. Like, they might have to help with hiring new people. Like, just basic struggles that, like, I feel like you learn a lot of things about business, but you also just become, like, a more capable person because yeah. you have to go through really hard stuff. More well-rounded. You can take, like... If you work for a tech company in a startup, you can take that knowledge to any company regardless of its tech or not. But I also feel like on the flip side, people are just like, oh yeah, I want to like start my own business, have a tech startup. I'm like, okay, but like what? But what do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are you actually trying to do? Because so many startups fail and I mean, that's inevitable. Like every startup like most. is going to fail. Yeah. Every startup. but. Mm-hmm they persevere till they have some success and keep going. And so it really takes a special kind of person to be able to deal with like so much rejection and keep moving. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, I feel like with that statistic we were talking about earlier with less millennials, I feel like a lot of millennials, at least from what I hear, are like, okay, I'm going to, like, work for this corporation for, like, two to five years, gain some experience, and then... Do my own thing. Yes. Yeah. They're like... Or I, the quote that I keep hearing from people I know is, I'm going to put in my time, I'm going to become manager, and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. And then I'm just going to, like, get hotspot through AT&T, like, move <laughs> to an island somewhere, and, like, do my own thing. Yeah. Not everyone says but, that <laughs> island part, but they yeah. just, yeah, they want something on their resume that they can take anywhere and they need that like established experience. Um, but once that's done, I feel like the trend is to just start what they sh- honestly should have started from the beginning. Right. I've been feeling that way too. Like a lot of people say, I need this and it's like, no, like you really don't. You really just need to take the step. You like, need to dive just, in. You, yeah. You're not ready. I guess, but you should, like, if you're really You'll passionate You'll never be ready. It, Fun fact. Oh, true. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast right now and you have been dying to start something or do something or really if there's anything that you haven't done that is nagging you in the back of your mind, after you finish listening to this podcast, <laughs> do that thing. You just got to do it. How do you think this started? <laughs> we just did it. Honestly. Yeah, you just got to do what you're passionate about. Well, because one day you're going to wake up and you're going to realize you don't have time to do it anymore. Mm. Working nine to five. Working (laughs) nine to five. I feel that. Insert sappy quote here. Um, So I wanted to relate this back to what startup culture means for women. Um, And this is also from the vantage point of like, how people perceive startup culture. So, like, a lot of these techie companies that we've been talking about, like Google and Facebook, um, it's not... Since it's a tech industry, it's, like, a lot of tech-dominated people, um, women are often the minority in that situation. Um, And just, like, the culture is seen, like, through such a rose-colored lens. Yes. Um, And so I wanted to bring in also some of the bad things about tech startup culture. So, well, first I want to start off something good because I, like, this just popped into my head, but um, a lot of women who have been going through trials in, like, a corporate environment and can't move up the ladder will choose to start their own businesses, and they're so much more successful because 
they've established an inclusive culture for themselves. So, full support of women doing that, but also, let's get some women up. (laughs) Up to the top. Up to the top as well. Um, And then, on the opposite side, I wanted to talk about... um, Ellen Powell, who sued a venture capital capital startup, and um, essentially what happened is it didn't go through, like, she didn't win, but it sparked a lot of women to also start suing companies in Silicon Valley because they felt like they were, there was sexism taking mm-hmm. place in the workplace. So... Um, I'll sort of read some of what the article says. It's on NPR. Um, Ellen Powell sued her former employer, the venture capital capital firm Kleiner Perkins Caulfield and Byers, claiming that systemic gender discrimination meant she was denied for promotions and ultimately fired. Um, However, the judge voted in favor of Kleiner Perkins, clearing them of all claims. So what the the basis of her argument was they felt like it couldn't be um proven yeah couldn't be proven like materially like they did everything in hr the way that it was supposed to be done so that they couldn't show blatant sexism Mm -hmm. but since she was passed up for promotions even though she performed better than all of her male like co-workers Mm -hmm. she there was some type of perception um that she was never good enough. So one thing that I've been reading about in my women's studies class is when there's a male-dominated um, group making the decision on who should get promoted, when they talk about men, they might say, okay, this is what this guy needs to work on, um, but this, the qualities that they say, like, oh, he needs to work on doing this better, it changes every time they go through evaluations. Um, but for her case... And generally for women, they'll stick to the same things. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they're never improving. Mm. And so, at least that's what is claimed. So um, she was repeatedly not given promotions and was ultimately fired and seen like she wasn't improving, even though she had like the best numbers of anyone. Right. So I sort of wanted to share that and like what some of the culture might be in a startup if you're not some of the main people running it and then similarly with not necessarily startups through the definition of startups but like companies like microsoft um twitter etc have been sued for sex discrimination um and microsoft ceo got like a lot of backlash from telling women that asking for a raise is not good karma Wait, what? Yeah. Um, there's a video of him saying it. Satya Nadella? Yeah, there he is. No. He's a great guy. This is so sad. Yep. So a lot of times when, I mean, just in general, like when men are at the top, they don't see all the issues going on below. Absolutely. For women. And he... He said something that relates so closely to what we talked about last week and, like, the struggles that women go through having to be one way but also the other, like, being nice and humble and not promoting themselves but also have to proving their worth. Mm -hmm. And, like, women 
Like, people have to ask for raises to get raises. Like, that's just how it works. And um, women, a lot of times, get judged for promoting themselves in the workplace. And so, Microsoft CEO, Mr. <laughs> Nadella, um, was at a women's tech conf- conference. No, and that makes told- it so much worse. <laughs> he was not at Grace Hopper. No. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Yep. So, at Grace Hopper, which is like... The largest women's in computing conference. (laughs) Yep. He told them, essentially, don't ask for raises. Yeah. I'm about to walk out of this podcast. (laughs) So, he got a ton of backlash, as he should. Rightfully so. He basically said, like, if you just put in your time and, like, are trying to be the best and hustle and, like, don't ask for anything, it should work out. And I think, in theory, like, that sounds nice. But it's just not realistic. Like, if you look at any of the, the like, studies around women's studies, like, that's just not how it works. Um, um, I just Googled this man. Yeah. And he has two daughters. <laughs> mm-hmm. That hurts. Yeah. People just don't know. I hope he knows now. And Hopefully four years later. Yeah. It doesn't make the same mistake. But, you know, I don't know if we had this data four years ago. That's fair. We talked about all the cool stuff in startups, but also now you know some of the dangers of startups. Absolutely. So, if you want to work for one, totally cool. Amazing. So do I. It's fine. (laughs) However, educate yourself. Yeah. It's definitely a lot, and there's, like, different stages as a business is growing. And I know people that just love building businesses. Mm -hmm. Not, like, the actual construction, but, like, the growth of the business. Masters of construction management. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, once they finish establishing a startup, they get bored. And then they they go... They move to the next. Yeah, and they start another one. So, it's really cool. I, like, I think it's so cool being that kind of person. I hope I am like that one day. But, um, yeah, there's, like, good and bad with startups. Make sure you know both before you sign that contract. True. And if you're going the corporate life, like, full support, we need That's more amazing. Women, and we need more men to support women. So. Allies. Allies. Allies everywhere. So, yeah. Um, we hope you loved this episode of The, the Cheddar, Cheddar. And that you have reflected a little bit more on maybe a business that you want to start. Yeah. Maybe your life path has completely changed in these past... 30 minutes or so. (laughs) Or not. That's cool, too. And we support it. Yeah. Do what you want to do because, again, you're going to wake up one day and realize you should have done it way back then. Mm. Live with no regrets, people. No regrets. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. And And stay stay cheesy. cheesy.